1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors over Everything Podcast via Sports Ganda. I'm your host Wayne Lou. Joining me this Friday to answer Twitter questions is Colin host, uh, Josh Hart. Josh, how you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. It's a pretty nice day here in Toronto. It's been mm. it's been a surprisingly entertaining first round despite you know, you had half of the league superstars being like snapped out of existence. That's a real 2019 reference, but it's it's quiet for like every guy who's been on in the NBA 2K cover in the last decade, mm. <laughs> except for KD's, uh, I guess, the honest too.
0: But it's been crazy. You know, Adam what? Silver shaking. Adam Silver shaking, which, by the way, <laughs> all this talk of like, oh man, the league's going to hate this or at least. Like, what is the point of having a league if you only ever want to see, like, three teams in the finals or, like, three players in the finals? Like, enough. It's sports. That's true. It happens, okay? It's a competition. There's no guarantee to go through. And, like, to be honest, for me, I mean, obviously, we are in, like, the 1% of diehard basketball fans. So, you know, I'm sure maybe for the casual fan, they might say, well, there's no LeBron or Steph. I'm not going to turn it on. But, I mean... For me, I'm I'm actually really excited to see like these new players come up in in the sense of like you need a generation after this current generation, right? And like this generation was complete was blessed. Like let's be let's be real. We have LeBron, we had Steph, KD is still going. Obviously, these guys are all still going. But like that's you know James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Like this is like an incredible group to have yeah. come through the last like decade. LeBron in LeBron's case, the last two decades. But like. I love this, man. Look at look at the guys we're getting in this year's playoffs alone, right? Devin Booker stepping up. Look at what he did yesterday to just step on the hearts of the Laker fans. You know, you got Trey Young coming out and eviscerating uh, the Knicks, right? And you know, then you got Luca, who honestly, yep. if if the Clippers win, or sorry, if the if the Clippers lose tonight and they lose in the first round, I am ready to tweet out the Chet Hanks white boy summer meme. On behalf of Luka, it's back. <laughs> it's back. It's back. It's officially back, and Luka wins this uh, tonight. So I'm excited, man. The next generation is going to be good. Plus, you got Yadis in that group as well. Like, yeah. it's nice. You yeah. got, you know, Shake Milton falling
1: out of the lineup in Philadelphia in the next generation. Out of this Philly team, I don't know. Uh, Doc Rivers doesn't have a lineup, he does not have eight guys. Yet. He played uh, 11 people in the first round. That's, they're going to be, I think that series goes long, and it shouldn't because mm. they, I, I guess not having Joel changes a lot, but looking at it, if everybody's healthy, they have no answers for Joel and Embiid. And now you have to trust George Hill to like be a, a second ball cr- a creator with Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. Mm. It's not going to be cute.
0: It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame what happened to the Sixers every single year in the playoffs. <laughs> No, I mean, look, I I think, you know, if Embiid's healthy, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think they'll get past the Hawks, no problem. Without Embiid, I think they'll probably have to do a couple of things, um, you know, just to adjust. I think offensively, it's going to be more of a struggle because Embiid is by far the best offensive player. Um, And then, of course, he's also the best defensive player. I think they actually have some size to cope with um, what Atlanta does offensively. Yeah. But, yeah, that series would be going long if, uh, if well, MD is if, not available for the entirety of it. Which, if he's not available for the entirety of it, I mean, like, damn, we're really going to get, like, a very, very strange champion this year just based off injuries alone.
1: What, you mean the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh, I'm not ready for that, but, you know, if it happens. They they
1: played so well, and they, they built their team, I don't want to say the right way, because... The Bogdanovich thing in the summer was like still mm. massively embarrassing. Um it was Bogdanovich, right? Yes. That so they yeah, that was still massively embarrassing, but this roster works. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat the Nets. Just don't really like Katie. Deontay Jordan can't be played in that series. And then can Katie deal with Brooke Lopez or Giannis At Kumpo on every possession? Either one of them. That's like yeah. it's a long day for Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. I know that he's been great on tour the last six months, but it's gonna be a tough time.
0: Yeah, no, it's. uh, I mean, that's that's gonna be the NBA finals. Like, that's yeah. Is that gonna be the best series the rest of the way? Nets. It's gonna have the most good guys in it. Um, That's
1: that's what I I mean, though. Like quality of basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like it's it's gotta be. I I really do want to see what Drew Holiday does with like Kyrie Irving, Mm. like. In isolation on national TV, like that's the thing that I've been like dreaming about. With when they put together this team, it's just crazy to see three elite on-ball creators, and you can't double on anybody because if you do, you're you're toast. Just yeah. look like, watching watching anybody have to deal with that is amazing. It's cool to see the best guy, probably like positioned to do that job, get get, get to do it. Like we're we're gonna watch, like they're gonna be like a twenty-four second. um segment where like drew holiday finds a switch goes from kyrie james harden and designs both for a shot clock violation and that's going to be the coolest shit in the whole, whole like that's gonna i'm gonna watch that clip like fifteen thousand times on twitter mm.
0: yeah no I can't, I can't wait but the first round has delivered though it's been really fun um we'll That'd see what moments. happens we'll yeah. see what happens tonight again listen if luca does this tonight and and honestly like the way he's playing is. It's it's pretty incredible that he's just straight up outplaying Kawhi, which I mean, like yeah. playoff Kawhi, we all know what that's like, but, and he's been that good. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's, it's, it's been an amazing run. We Wait, have to, what do you have as the best game of
1: the first round? You have Nuggets uh, Blazers game five, right?
0: Yeah, it has to be just because it went double OT and what Dame was doing. Um, yeah. The only thing I will say about that series is I didn't appreciate it enough. Be, or I didn't enjoy it enough because it didn't like I just they didn't play defense. Like it was really yeah. I mean I mean, every game Nurk would foul out and then Jokic would just walk to the basket and like yeah. and they couldn't stop guys like Austin Rivers and Monty Morris, yeah. which you know, shout out to those Nuggets for for you know grinding it out and they're a really yeah. fun group and you know, we've seen what they've done in the last uh, year as well. But just I, I need defense on the playoffs. Like I you know, I don't need like Hawks Knicks level of defense where that's that's more offensive incompetence than defense in the case of the Knicks. Facts. But, like, I need some defense. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the double overtime game is up there. I think the last Clipper game, the Clippers-Mavs game, game five, was, was, was really good. Up yeah. there, too. Yeah, that was really fun. Just a swing back and forth. And then the, 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 the Mavs winning at the end. So Tatum's 50-point game was pretty cool. That was cool as well, yeah. Because that was also you, reasonably close.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Tatum can be – he might be, like, the best offensive forward of the next 10 years, which is – Kind of crazy. Like, I, I, depending on how we feel mm. about Luca, but I think he'd be the best scoring forward going forward. And that's just kind yeah. of cool that he's coming into himself. I I think it's like they need to figure out how to play going forward because you can't have a guy who uses rate as that crazy um, sure, yeah. consistently. But I, I, I you know, punchlines aside about the Boston Celtics, like, I do think they have a pretty exciting future. Having that guy, that guy is a cool guy to have in the league. Mm-hmm. No matter, you know, it's like what made OKC much so much fun.
0: Yeah, I really do enjoy the the Celtics like uh completing, you know, imploding as a franchise, you know, Danny Ainge leaves potentially to Utah, which, listen, man, why? <laughs> why? Just just for the banter alone, you can't do it, man. That's Danny Ainge going to Utah or Portland, where, where apparently he's from. Um I, Either one, I've, I could see that happening. But in any case, um yeah, the Celtics... Uh, Promoting Brad Stevens to the front office, things like this. Like, I, you know what, Like, the thing is that, like, how the Celtics might have like a top five situation in the NBA. You would say between having Tatum and Brown yeah. locked up long term,
1: they have right? cap problems, but they have yeah, two
0: guys. Yeah, they have cap problems. That's that's okay. Like, you can find a way to offload Kemba. You can find a way um, to off. I don't know, man. I mean, you want John Wall? Come on, man. <laughs> you want John Wall? To- <laughs> In TD Garden, doing the double. Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think John Wall hates the Celtics. It seemed like he who really doesn't, them Who doesn't hate
0: night. the Celtics, That's though? True. That's true. Who doesn't hate the Celtics? This is... Uh, it's just KG at this point. <laughs> KG. and uh, yeah. Brian Scalabrine And Perk. Shout out to Perk. I mean, even Perk was going against the Celtics a little bit, so... Because when they stopped on... I mean, like, damn, they really got the logo stomped on. Which, by the way, like... I totally see why people will be mad at that okay like i could see that reason for people being mad at it so is it a reason to throw a water bottle on a man no but like well the point is for the team to like to do something about that yeah the fact it's like the but it team, happened at the end of the game you know like but, everyone was walking off the floor like there wasn't time really to do something about it you know what i mean
1: tristan thompson should have like given Kyrie an arm shiver the first time he went down the lane in brooklyn the game after because this team just got walked over they did not stand Mm. up for themselves they were not tough and they looked like the Washington generals out there at times against this Brooklyn Nets team it's Mm. kind of embarrassing I think that's that's the thing with this if they'd shown some fight I think that people would still have their jobs they just looked like very yeah
0: yeah, Yeah. it it was very embarrassing it was um (laughs) quickly before we get on to Twitter questions Let's say, let's go back to the LeBronto days. Okay. Yeah. Would you have rather LeBron sipped the beer courtside or if he had stepped on the Raptor logo, Kyrie style? <laughs> the logo? Um, it's got to be like the
1: sipping the beer was sort of funny mm. in addition to being disrespectful.
0: Oh, uh, it wasn't funny to me in the moment. I oh. okay. How about this? <laughs> Fine, you're right. You know what? I, I'm gonna have to combo it up. I'm gonna have to put in the, the spinning the ball in front of Serge's face for like a solid 15 <laughs> yeah. seconds. That was rough, like he was shooting a Giannis free throw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Giannis is getting called for that now, and they're Good. like, Come on, Good. you gotta speed the game up. It's crazy. It's like he's a pitcher just waiting for like 45 seconds between each toss. It's brutal, exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: um. I think the, like, whole LeBron-to experience was worse. That, like, 2018 fi- um, finals run. Mm. But it, I don't know. It seemed like that was made worse by the fact that the team was collapsing. Kyrie and Le- LeBron was wrong. LeBron was, like, was bullying us. Oh, you he was bullying us, I believe, I believe the <laughs> Toronto Raptors team and fan base and organization to be virtuous and pure-hearted. So it was villainous when he did it. Mm. Um the boston celtics fans and franchise deserve what they got so it's it's hard for me to feel feel differently but um yeah like stomping on the logo was disrespectful but it's the kind of disrespect that gets worked out between the players and if Kyrie got a hard foul that would have been the end of it and that would have been appropriate to me even like a hard hard foul would have been fine by me i think a fan taking it on themselves like no you yeah, you uh, like you paid to look at the logo you don't defend it
0: it's very different there are levels here no there are definitely levels here um yeah that's the thing with the celtics it's like who on that team was really going to step up and do something maybe marcus Martin. the thing with tristan thompson did it it's like he's there a year he's not going to be there next year probably And he's like, friends with Kyrie. yeah and he's friends with Kyrie. like you know they're hanging out in the same circles like there's no way he's doing that so um yeah all right. So we have we have Twitter questions, which again, thank you to everyone for sending in questions. Appreciate it. May not get to all of them. Some of them are repeats. So try to address those t- in, in tandem. I will say there's lots of questions on the draft. And for me right now, I don't have that great of a sense on the draft right now. That's what I'm currently working on. I'm like binging draft videos. So I'm trying to figure that out. So next week I will have more draft mm-hmm. content. So I'm not going to address those right now. Um, but we do have plenty of other Raptors questions, and let's get to those here. So the first one comes from Crispy Chick MMA. Okay. Um, assuming we re Gary Trent Jr., Kyle Lowry, and Ken Birch, and maybe even Rashawn Holmes, which seed do you see the Raptors at? Person, that got us top four, top five. I'll stop you right here. You cannot get Rashawn Holmes on top of those other guys. You would have no yeah, cap space to do all this. Yeah. Um, Rashawn Holmes is going to go well beyond the uh, the mid level exception. Um, yeah, if you resign all three of those, what see do you see the Raptors at? Um, Josh, I'll start with you, man. What, where, where do you yeah, you? like
1: prob- um, probably yeah, top four makes sense. I don't think that the tippy top of the Eastern Conference gets changed. I think if Brooklyn's runs it back, which they have to, like there's no plan yeah, for right. that. Yeah, so they'll be back. Philly will be back. And the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, have a real squad now. And they're a good um, regular season team. Yeah, top four, top five. I think they're better than like, they're still better than the Hawks. They're better than the, the, like Charlotte's not going to make a big leap. They're going to be better than the Knicks. The Knicks are going to be weird next year. They have like an offseason to figure out. Tough place to be for the Knicks. Yeah. Like to impress and then have decisions to make. Like, it's not like you have a young team who made the, like the Hawks. The Hawks are in a great position. They made mm-hmm. they their team will be together. Like, John Collins, whatever question mark gets figured out. Seems but like he's going to resign. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and it seems like Nate McMillan's going to get that job, yep. which he deserves. Salute to Nate McMillan. Absolute. You're totally underrated. I'm glad that you are in a situation where I I imagine, like, you're, you're next to TNT, so you're going to be getting way more favorite press. I think you're, I think you sell. Um still feel a little bad about the Lloyd Pierce situation. You know, with the, In Atlanta, they had Lloyd Pierce and they had voting rights. They have no Lloyd Pierce, no voting rights. Wow. You do the math. Wow. Um, but yeah, probably like <laughs> I don't oh, top right. four, top five. Right. I think the team will be good. The, the, I'm excited for the next Raptor season. I don't think they're getting much on homes, but I'm excited for the next Raptor season.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't go top four just because I, <laughs> I do think Atlanta, I, I like Atlanta's depth too. That's the one thing with Atlanta is like we're seeing their top level right now. But you also see that they have lots of depth. Like, even in this Knicks series, like, whenever they went to the bench, it was still like, all right, so they're going to bring in Kalinari, Lou Williams, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if Lou's still there next year. But, like, um, you know, th- they just have guys coming off the bench. Even, like, a, you know, Okongu, a- a who was, like, a lottery pick this past year, like, he had some moments there as well, especially in the, the closeout game. So um, that's the kind of depth that I don't fully see as much with the Raptors. I don't
1: know. If they bring back Kyle and a starting quality big, then you have Kem and JTJ off the bench, plus Yuta, plus uh, but, Chris Boucher. Okay. Like, that seems like if if we just in this fantasy world, and I agree that we're not, this fantasy isn't very realistic, but if they bring in a starting quality big, JTJ and Kyle, but Lauer the, the thing is, they year, can't really do that. They,
0: they can't really bring the starting quality big. It, it's going to be Kem Burch. And if they if they yeah. if they choose to bring a starting quality big, then it probably not. It's no Kyle Lowry, yeah, yeah, or maybe no Gary Trent or something like that. But um, I mean, cool. the Raptors do have depth. It's just like the the level of depth falls off. And don't forget Boucher off the bench too. He's still. Is. I just I said I did say Chris. he. Oh, the, I did forget about him right away,
1: but I did uh, did remember. But yeah, if the Raptors somehow have a starting quality big mm. and Kyle or JTJ. It'll be they'll i i maybe they're not past the hawks but they're right there with them.
0: okay yeah I, I i'll hear that i mean like I, I think they're in that next tier like i yeah I, it's it's you never know with the regular season it's really just about who's healthy and who's not and like all this other stuff so it's hard to uh, guess based off of that but quality wise i think they're in the next tier um yeah it'll be like those two teams in miami
1: and yeah i know i'm um, dropping
0: miami one more tier really I'm dropping them one more tier uh, I want see. I want to see what happens. What what they do with the what they do with the offseason? Um, are they well, going to keep need- Duncan Robinson? Who's yeah. going to get paid? Um, what are they going to do in terms of trades? Because they're a pretty active front office. Um, are they going to go out and per- for agency and, and add somebody? Like let's say they add Cow, for example. Okay, then you know what? Uh, they're in that tier again. Yeah. But They honestly had a pretty weird season. They're never that good in the regular season anyway. The Heat are not a team that like go out and win like 60 games or even 50 games except for like well, obviously when they had the big three Um, and yeah I mean we, we saw some substantial failures by, by Jimmy Butler and uh, Bam Adebayo like bro they got swept out of the first round like he, he, no, he, I, yeah, yeah. He, I mean as I know Milwaukee's good but like get swept
1: is, is their starting backcourt There's no world where it's none in Hero, right? Because that seems. No, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) It's not good enough. They don't play
0: any defense. Tyler
1: Hero gave you a Tyreek Evans ass experience. Oh, (laughs)
0: wow. Wow. (laughs) That's tough. That's That's tough. tough. But it's possible. We'll see, though, later down the line. What? So, didn't Tyreek get kicked out of the league for doing. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, you know what? I yeah, I could, could see that with Tyler <laughs> as well. All right. Next question from Rowan Hamilton. Uh, what's the best route for the Raptors to add depth to the squad? Obviously, a starting center is a priority, but this team is pretty sorely lacking on wing depth as well. Are there any wing free agents on the market uh, that you would see as a good fit? Maybe Mo Harkless or Tory Craig. Um, those guys are okay. Those guys are, I would say, replacement level. Like, I mean, yeah. they're better than some of the options the Raptors had, but not by that much, to be honest. I think, so the, the good thing is the Raptors have two really good starting wings in Pascal and OG, right? Like really, like those guys are, are, are going to have you set at the two forward spots for a long time. So that's good. I'm not worried about that. Who is the third wing to come off the bench? That is something that is a little bit of a concern because this year we saw Utah in that role. We saw Stanley in that role. Um, we, I mean, towards the end of the season, we even seen Rodney Hood play a little bit of that role, but you know, it, Benbury played a little bit of that role. Like, it's it's not ideal. Um, I think to have a third wing would really, really help give them some flexibility to go small, um, with some size on the floor. It's assuming Kyle doesn't come back, maybe Gary is that guy because he is 6'5, but you know, um, I don't know, it is a bit of a weakness. I would
1: say. Like, I wonder. I, I, there's no way the Raptors are in the like Kelly Oubre sweepstakes. If they if they decide to pass on Gary Trent Jr. and Kyle Lowry, they would have the they'd have the flexibility. You just I have to. You're making a decision for a worse three point shooting, better defending Gary Trent Jr.
0: I I don't trust. Who's I don't trust Kelly older. Oubre, man. I, I, I
1: mean, he had, but he, like, you're getting, you're buying him low. He's had a bad season.
0: Like, yeah, the, but he, well, he doesn't have good seasons. That That's one of the issues with this. I mean, <laughs> he, I thought he last year was good with the Suns, but like, no, if between him or Gary, I still take Gary. I know, I know, like, Ubre has the athleticism and, the, you know, the yeah. impact to maybe do more defensively or definitely rebounds better and things like that, but yeah. like, The shooting for Gary, I think, is actually elite. And as long as he's not um, you know, the sixth man and then having to create all of it himself, um, he's a pretty efficient player. Um, you know you think Hardaway's not available? I mean he he is a free agent, so he is a free agent, but
1: but they can't really not bring him back. Like that Mavericks team, they don't really have a Roth like their roster construction is not good. Getting rid of one of your like most consistent players seems like
0: not something wise to do. I agree, but this is also <laughs> Mark Cuban who let go of like yeah. Steve Nash. Um yeah. <laughs> liked, I mean not even just Steve Nash. Remember after the championship they won and then they let go of Tyson Chandler. It's like, Bro, that you guys just won the title. Yeah Chandler t- was going to be
1: pretty good for the next six years. Like
0: yeah and he won like defensive player of the year like the next year with the Knicks. Yeah. So you you never fully know their their brain trust in that front. Um, I, I think they have a walk away number for him, but I mean, if he walks, he, they need to replace him with somebody. Yeah, he has been that good. And shout out to He's Martin awesome. Jr. Man, he had that killer three at the end of game five because the 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 Mavs have low key been pretty brutal in terms of like generating good shots late. I feel like like I think the Clippers have done a better job of pressuring Luca as the game goes on. Obviously, he still had like a forty. Piece. So you know that's not something that uh, you would commend their overall defense, but in the late in the game, I thought they gave Lucas some real problems, um, and yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting that shot, and then Dorian Finney-Smith hitting a corner three and making some plays. I mean, Mads, man, they're they're surprisingly not that bad. I don't know. I thought they yeah, were fraudulent, but, yeah, but they they're, they're less fraudulent. It's just Chris Stapps who's that fraudulent. Um, yeah, in terms of the center, I still think that like yeah, they're, they're, you're going to get Kim. And Kim's going to start a center. And I know that doesn't sound as sexy, but I just think that, like, for the price and for um, the fit that he has with the Raptors, I think I'm comfortable with that. I mean, it, it's something where later down where the line, if Kyle's you want to back, or yeah. okay. No, I mean, regardless of Kyle's back or not, like, I don't really see what's the issue with keeping Kim. Like, I mean, and even starting Kim, like, he yeah. was really solid with all the guys, and it wasn't like, this idea yeah. that like oh yeah Kyle just pro- you know propped them up it was all Kyle like, I- Kemp camp showed great chemistry with all the guards like even Malachi yeah. you know he- he was playing with a rookie he still got good shots so um, I'm comfortable with camp that's just something where down the line if you have championship aspirations you're gonna have to upgrade but the-, the the comparison I've made here is like basically the Amir Johnson situation like I was always comfortable with Amir Johnson playing the power forward spot of course he got injured and whatever and, and his ankle seemed like a perpetual um, weight for him. But at the same time, he was very productive. But then when the Raptors really need to get serious about winning, they went out and got like Serge.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So. All right. Well, download uh, Courtside Moms. <laughs> Definitely download Courtside Moms. Shout out, Wendy. Shout out. <laughs> um, next question from Eunice. I'm sorry if I pre- mispronouncing these people's names. I'm sorry. Uh, I hate that myself. But anyway, what? Uh, Watching all the young talents bawling the playoffs like that, do you think we have enough talent to compete next season? Do you think we can be better than a seventh seed in the East? Okay, we can be better than a seventh seed in the East. I don't think. Like, look at look at um, the Knicks with the fourth seed. Yeah, we're better than we got, any we team. More, we got more talent than the yeah. Knicks, man. Come on.
1: Yeah, we're we're better than any of the like playing teams. We the Raptors are better than any of the playing teams. Uh, I don't have. They'll they will be a playoff team barring them not being in toronto and contracting covid and um the kyle lowry rest stuff like take all those things off the table this team should be a playoff team with very little reservation in my mind
0: yeah i agree with you i I think in terms of enough talent to, to like compete in terms of past the first round series maybe not even past the first round series considering if you aren't let's say in the four or five matchup you're probably facing philly milwaukee or brooklyn next year which i would the raptors would have a hard time getting past any of those three teams especially with the the way the team is constructed can they compete and push them yeah sure but like uh you know it's just it's not going to be enough for that um and yeah i mean i think that's the bigger question though is like what is the next step for this team like i you know i think obviously Um, you still got to figure out who's going to lead this team, obviously with Masai still being out there. But um, the bigger question is like, which direction do the Raptors kind of go here? Like, what is the next step? Who is the next player you sort of um, covet after? I think, you know, post-championship, everything leading up to the championship made a lot of sense. Obviously the Kawhi situation was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You take that chance because you had tons of assets that you, and lots of great players that you have developed over the years and collected um, you you were able to flip that. You went win a championship. That was perfect. And then the, after Kawhi left, was like okay, let's pivot to the Giannis strategy. Okay, this summer 2021, you got the cap space, and that kind of went away. So like, what is this current next plan? That's the thing that is very uncertain. Is like, what is the next upgrade? Because you know, I mean, with with everything in terms of NBA basketball, like of course you need to generate a program. You need to generate uh, get good coaching. You need to get a good uh, group of defenders. You know, unselfish players. Guys to sort of fall in line. But also at the same time, one of the most crucial ingredients is you need that superstar. And like, I think the Raptors are clearly, clearly in in in, uh, in need of, of that kind of player. You can build everything else, but with, uh, without that central piece that you're probably only going to go one or two rounds at most. You know, and that, that's what we saw with the Colin DeMar years. They, they had the program, they had the supporting pieces, but the, the number one guy just wasn't fully there for them. And that's how it goes in playoff basketball, so. Facts. How do you get the next guy, Josh?
1: What's going on, man? What are we doing? Um, I I don't really think that there's a I I don't think there's a easy answer right now. Like this team, I think a a lot of what I'm trying to think through now is what like after the lottery you see what happens, what happens, happens. But then does it make sense to bring Kyle to the team? And then let the team play their first six weeks together, and see where Pascal, OG, Fred, and Gary Trent Jr. have taken their games before thinking about moving Kyle. Assuming that Kyle agrees to a contract with the Raptors, with that caveat,
0: because I, I, I don't think, think that he will. Make- though that's the thing, because he's talking <laughs> about it. All he, he he's he's saying his kids are at an age where he doesn't want to move them around. You know what yes. I mean? Like let's say like they're like. It's like one thing if your kids are like two and three years old, move them around wherever. Like I'm sure it's yeah. a hassle, but it's it's doable, especially with the support NBA players get and the resources. When you get to a point where your kids are like ten and eleven years old, and they make friends and they go to school, yeah, and you got you got to move them around. I think at that point they're probably just like, look, you know, I'm trying to stay somewhere, keep that for our kids, right? So, yeah, no, that's a good point.
1: But I I really don't know what the Raptors core is going to look like beyond being just sort of optimistically um, confident, mm. but can Pascal Siakam look like a, you know, all NBA player for the first six weeks of, the, because then that really does change the um, ceiling for this team. And yeah I think he look he looked, he looked like he got better each week through the like second half of the season. Like as he recovered from COVID and got more comfortable, he looked more and more confident. Um, and I wouldn't be, so I wouldn't be shocked if, Pascal Siakam is an all is voted an all star starter and looks tremendous at the gate and I mean the Eastern Conference. But on the other hand, we saw what happened this year. Like Pascal was slowed out, out the gate and it kind of contributed. His performance contributed with his team kind of falling on their face out the gate and then struggling to get back to five hundred before COVID nineteen um, sort of determined the rest of the season. But they have they have they have talent that can be that can carry them to um, top four top five seeding. They just need to go and prove it. And
0: mm.
1: what they do from there, how, it depends because it de- like the difference between a four seed making a move to get to the you know two seed is different than a seven seed trying to get to the two seed. And that's where the, I don't know I do not know where the Raptors will fall between the four and eight seed in the Eastern Conference
0: okay that's fair that's fair and again a lot of that just is determined based off circumstances um
1: and performances these guys have to go and show and prove that they yeah that's true yeah yeah
0: but i do believe in the group like i really do believe in the core guys to be uh, at a playoff level and to be at a competitive level i believe them especially with the competent center in the middle to be a really good defensive club and there are there, there are definitely ceilings and and weaknesses and and, and you mm-hmm. can find of the, the struggle with that is sort of like I mean, like, probably building a front office, probably, like, when you solve a Rubik's Cube, you know, like, you get one face, but then, like, there's that one corner at the bottom, then you try to shuffle around to get that one face done, but then, like, it screws up the rest of the square, like, like that's, that's kind of how it is, and you're, you know, um, but... For now, I think the Raptors are trying to build through the middle, and building through the middle means having some talented guys in the roster, developing those guys, and when the moment is right, um, you can move that along. But I honestly don't think that it's not going to be something where the Raptors jump into that contention level next year, the next two years. I think they're going to take the next few years to really group, like grow the group, and then eventually, when they have enough players, then make a move for some of those guys. Even some of the guys available right now, like, you know, I mean, we'll get to them later, but um and, and I don't really see the timing to be perfectly right for the Raptors, but you know, who never know who knows? I don't want to sound like Danny Ainge either with the with the timing and everything like that. So next question from Ronald Lowe, my Twitter dad. Um, who on the Raptors can you imagine having a breakout season next year? Uh it could be an already good player taking their game to the next level. Uh, like Chris
1: Boucher, full time power forward, I think could be really good. Like
0: okay. Chris Boucher
1: does not have okay. to play minutes at the center. I think he can just have I mean, how many breakout seasons is Chris Boucher going to have in a row? But I think that'll be a move that he relishes, not Mm -hmm. having to play minutes at the five. Um, That's probably my answer. Like, OG can't have a breakout season. He can just continue to improve and come into himself. It's like, I think, a really great guy. Um, Maybe Jared Allen, breakthrough season as a Toronto Raptor.
0: If the Raptors can get Jared Allen, I'd be very happy. And... And he'd have a
1: breakthrough season.
0: But um, it seems like Cleveland wants to give him 100 million. Yo, what is Cleveland doing? What I, you shouldn't be giving anybody 100 million. Save your money. You know what I mean? Put that in the, you know,
1: put that AMC in the stock
0: something, man. Like buy buy a stock, buy some bonds like I don't know, man. Get get some top shot like just diversify your assets, but you don't need to put 100 million on any players on the team that's winning 20 games <laughs> a year. You just don't. Um I I
1: yeah, if, if it's going to be anybody, I think that like Chris Boucher, I think he will have a change in his role next season, mm-hmm. and I think it will be good for him. Um,
0: that's my answer. Do you have a different one? Um, I th- Honestly, I still really believe in Pascal. And what is
1: a breakout season for Pascal?
0: He gets the mid-range game consistently enough, and he can hit – he's at a point where he's in a good rhythm with the three point shot where he's willing to take them all the time and making them a respectable clip. But I just think that like mastering that mid range game for him is going to be so important because like every single great player who drives to the basket needs a mid range game to sort of offset some of the other stuff. Like it's just either you have that mid range game or you develop an elite passing game. You know what I mean? But um ideally you have the mid range game to offset the fact that you're always driving. Cause um, you know, you, you like, pretty much like you can't even a guy like Giannis who's like probably one of the how athletic do you think Giannis is like in terms of all-time NBA players like it's got to be him like LeBron Wilt which obviously none of us seen but like just based off this grainy YouTube clips you can see him I mean like he competed like the 100-yard dash and stuff like that like he did high jump like you know like okay so I I probably put Wilt in there as well um Shaq for his size Russell Honestly, Westbrook, Gian, Okay, but yeah, I agree. Giannis is better, but Russell is in that tr- like okay, he is in that list positionally, yeah. but yeah. he's just so much smaller than the guys. So like, oh sure, it's less of an amplifier to the fact that he is that sure. athletic. But I was saying, Giannis is like a top five athletic guy. Yeah, even he can't always rampage the basket. So I think yeah. you know with Pascal, like he's gonna have to grow that mid range game, and if he grows it, then again, then then you get a lot closer to your ultimate goal here. So. Um, I'm still going to go with uh, – I'm, I'm still riding with Pascal, man. He's uh, He's got a great work ethic. I know some people on here OG as well. I think there is growth there as well, but um, OG has – I don't know. I, I wouldn't doubt OG either, but um, I, I think Pascal is one – probably his improvement will be more meaningful at the very top sure. than, um, than OG yeah. in sort of the secondary, tertiary kind of role. Um, next question from Dan Rourke. Do you think Nick Nurse should abandon his flyby philosophy when defending the three-point shots and implementing a strategy that doesn't lead to as many breakdowns? This is a good question, man. A very tactical question. Um, I believe this guy's a coach. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he's a coach. So um that makes a lot of sense. Uh so that's a very good coaching question. Um, so okay, so what what he means here is that like Uh, you know every coach has a philosophy on closeouts right some people are more measured in the closeout and the more measured you are in the closeout maybe you put less pressure on the shooter and so there's more chance of the shooter making a shot but what you're doing is you're keeping your defense intact so that you're not allowing blow-bys to happen as often and what you see with the raptors is a lot of the times the guys will jump out to the three-point line because nick nurse's philosophy is to be aggressive on the closeout not undisciplined right because you'll see him get mad at like chris boucher for jumping at fakes and whatever but generally speaking, he will use his guys to jump out of the three-point line, and sometimes teams have scouted against that, taking an extra dribble to relocate to the side to get more room or drive past and create more um, room there. I think for me, the three—it makes sense what he's doing, especially with the roster that he has. He has a lot of young forwards on the team, a lot of very athletic forwards, so I think pressing that advantage is is, is very important. But the thing is one of the reasons why the Raptors were so bad defensively for a large part of the year was they had no stability in the middle. So everyone would have to overhelp. And, you know, Knicker's defense does have a lot of help defense built into the defense, but, like, it was to a degree where every single drive they would need someone extra to help because they didn't trust that the help would be there at the rim. And that pulled people closer to the middle. And then, so that made more jump kind of fly-by closeouts than necessary. Like, it exacerbated the problem. I don't think that that's like a symptom of the problem of a bigger problem rather than the biggest problem in itself. So I actually don't mind the strategy as much. Obviously I think players should use discretion. Like I think there's a very big difference between Utah who closes out really aggressively and sometimes leaves his seat, but for the, for the most part will stop short and then also uh, move his feet to contest the drive and to contain the drive versus like Boucher trying to jump out and block three point shots, which he does at an elite rate. Like he literally led the league in block three block point points. shots, but you know, he also conceded a lot offensively based on that kind of aggressive strategy. So, I also I think know, that, man.
1: like, that one article, I think it was like on uh, the Celtics blog about the Raptors violating the defensive three seconds rule, just like it, them getting called on it.
0: Oh, whoa, It seemed like cool. it,
1: every fucking every team in <laughs> everyone, the NBA does that. What does do you mean? It, but it did seem like a big part, like, the Marcus All, Kyle Lowry, like, paint defense dominance was mm, assisted yeah. by them letting the like athletic forwards um, attack above the three-point line and then having these two brilliant defenders waiting for them like it was just sort of it worked every team does it but I wonder if the Raptors after getting called on it um, it did seem like they drifted away from leaving Kyle Lowry under the basket for six seconds at a time Um, but
0: yeah I, I, I that's an interesting question and so you're telling me, Celtics fans called the police on the Raptors' playing defense? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's tough, <laughs> but not unexpected. But tough. Um, I, I will say that though, having a so Kem is going to be obviously very different than Surge, and well, not yeah. that different from Surge, but very different from Mark, especially defensively. Um, but I think the nice thing with Kem is that he can play up higher, so that there's less penetration to, that occurs in the in the first place. Um, and I think the less dribble penetration you uh, allow in the initial pick and roll action, then that means that down the line, there's less breakdowns where you need to as, as aggressively um, come out and, and fly out as shooters in the three-point line. I mean, look, listen, this, the modern NBA teams are very good at moving the ball. Teams are very, very optimally spaced. Most teams have great shooters at every position. So you're going to have to defend a lot of the three-point line, but... Um, I still I still like the strategy, and I want to see how it goes with Kem and, and the starting group for a while longer. And if it really doesn't work next season, then, yeah, you can tweak it. But I think the nice thing with Nick is what Nick always likes to say about this is you start out really aggressive, and then you can rein them in. It's a lot harder to have them play really passive and then bump their aggression. I think for a lot of those teams, like Portland, for example, <laughs> they'll play, like, no defense, right? No aggression, nothing. And then at the end of the game, they'll try to get aggressive. But, like, they can't really do it. Like, it's not something that's in them. It's not something that's trained. Yeah. They start fouling. And, you know, a lot of it falls apart. And if it's not for Dame making every single step-back jumper, they probably lose a ton. But, um, you know, I think the Raptors like the approach where they start off really aggressive and they can rein guys in. So, it's
1: a good Speaking question. of the Blazers.
0: Yeah. Speaking, speaking of, of the Blazers. Blazers.
1: Um, by the time you post this podcast, is there start to have a job? Um.
0: Well, they got to give them time to pack. So that's, you know, because, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't give guys the time to pack, then the company's got to send somebody to go to the office with a box. They pack it all up for you. Then they got to bring it to your house. You know, it, it's a whole liability thing. Yeah. So it might take more than, than today in particular. Um, by the time, at the time of recording, it's only like nine ten a.m. on the uh, on the West Coast. So, yeah. Portland's a nice place. Also- I, I really like uh, I really like my trip to Portland. It's uh, the Oregon coast is very nice. Speaking of
1: coaches who still have their jobs, the Nate Yorker thing, it's like, it seems more and more fictitious as days go, because that article made it seem like, you know, they, they were going to have a restraining order against Nate Yorker like, as soon as the final buzzer went off, like, it yeah, seemed yeah. very, very clearly bad. And now I ever like everyone in the Raptor organization, on the team threw water on the story, but it's weird that he still has that job. Like I just want an update on that story because it sounded crazy. Everyone's like, "This is not true," and now we just haven't heard an update. And it's been when did they when did they lose the like two two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago?
0: Yeah, I do feel bad for him in that sense because I think coaches are involved in things like you know um, draft preparation and things like that. Yeah. And so, uh, let him come back to the Toronto Raptors so they can figure out who they're taking.
1: Well, maybe they're
0: <laughs> waiting on another coach to get let go or to become Harry available. Starts. Oh man, that'd be great. Uh, Frank Vogel. Frank, They're bringing back Frank Vogel. I mean, you know, he wouldn't be terrible. It's not Frank Vogel's fault. He deserves his job. Why is Frank Vogel always so happy, man? It's like, uh, I just like, in the third quarter, they were asking him, like, hey, what do you guys Because he was in
1: Orlando. Stuff? Yeah, you're They right, had right. the men in Orlando. He's just perpetually and now he's smiling. Yeah, in Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: you're, right. No, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it, man. He kind of looks like, you know, um, Tintin you know, Tintin's adventures, but like Tintin, like mid- mid-life adventures. Like he's like an aged out Tintin. Anyway, great comic, Tintin, if you have uh, kids. I don't know. Um, next question from Jamari. Uh, do you think Masai is signing contingent on the Raptors being willing to pay the luxury tax for the next three years or so? Um, no, no. It- this this Raptor team is not a team that should be paying the luxury tax right now you pay the luxury tax when you're serious like when you're like yeah you know really ready to push all in and things like that like there's no point in paying the luxury tax for this club and that's not even something i'm trying to like not see from mlc i just think that like more spending is not necessarily better uh more more competitive if anything if you really really spend a ton you're handcuffed from being competitive in the future so don't really like Mm -hmm. write this idea right now that uh they should, go on the, they should go on the luxury tax. To be honest, I'm not really as worried about that. I think besides we've been looking for other things um, from the board to see, get some assurances from the board. Cause some of the names have changed. Um, also, some of them have insidious backgrounds, which, you know, um, maybe not necessarily that big of a surprise. Um, shout out to your, uh, shout, out, shout out to your work profile photo, man. This is, yeah. Represent, Happy man. pride. Happy pride month guys. Um, and everybody out there, not just guys. Um, but yeah, like I think Masai's probably looking for other assurances beyond the money. I think the money is going to be there for him. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I mean, I the when was that? It was that also seemed like a long time ago. Masai's like presser. It seemed like negotiations were underway, and he was just figuring out details and trying to attach all, all of his goals with the organization to his next contract, and not just his salary and a commitment to spend, it seemed like, you know, Masai probably had a long list of stuff that he wants to do because he's a very, 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 very ambitious man and mm-hmm. will try to get this organization to support the goals um, that he has as lofty as they are. Yeah. And they will, I think.
0: Would love if they did it sooner, but uh, yeah, I agree. Um, next question from at Bilbo Bangans. All right, not bad name, not bad. Um, how much does the lease implosion help Masai with his negotiations with MLSC? I mean, it can't hurt, but I don't see a significant impact. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe MLSC might they might look at the lease imploding and try to commit more resources to the lease that, that that that's the only thing. I'm like, maybe, but I mean, to be honest, like both teams make a ton of money. Like, I don't really see the money having affecting you know, uh, both sides of the same business.
1: So w- between Marner and Matthews, which one is Kyle? Which one is DeMar? Because you just trade the DeMar of that situation for a disgruntled superstar
0: mm. good times ahead. Well, I mean, based on what I've seen in this playoffs, both of them are Patrick Patterson. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what did Matthews have? Like 40 goals? I fl- you you're better than me i don't know anything about the scene i you know the funniest thing right now is when you're watching uh because i've I actually had cable now so, what well, I, I mean i have cable in the no i i i subscribe to sportsnet and TSN. so okay. I'm starting, yeah anyway it also you know I, I do have a company account in any case um <laughs> so i'm actually watching, watching the commercials is what i'm trying to say instead of just like yeah. watching league pass which you can't really see local commercials and they keep showing this Tim Hortons commercial where you're going to get this, like, collectible item yeah. with, like, a hockey stick, and it's from, like, the best players in the game. Like, you'll be like, uh, to be, I don't even know, Shea Weber, some other guys, whatever. And, like, they just keep talking. This one Leafs fan that's like, oh, you mean Austin Matthews, the best player in the game? And I'm just thinking, like, a- how awkward that commercial is after this first round. <laughs> but in that any case... Soft. um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's got to be Marner... I- is there this is there? I don't a know. The I only thing I know about Mitch Marner is
1: his dad wrote his contract or something.
0: Like what? there's just
1: I don't know anything about the Mitch Martin's what? like family was very involved in his negotiations. This was yeah. just like all sports radio takes that I'd like okay. absorbed through Osmosis. I've no There are no
0: facts. This is all all feelings. Okay, here's the thing with this, right? I really don't understand why people get that upset necessarily because the family's involved generally speaking we're talking about like 18 19 20 year old kids
1: yeah, yeah. it makes all the sense. we're making
0: a huge life decision your family's going to be involved man what are you talking about man
1: but if you work for an affiliate
0: of the team you gotta like why are we killing them because oh my god you're an 18 year old you're not deciding what you're doing for your own life and it's like yeah sure you're not letting
1: is. us tell you what's right for you
0: have y'all had parents <laughs> Maybe you haven't. I don't know. It's, it, I feel bad, but like, yeah, no. But seriously, though, like, it, yeah, they're involved. Not a surprise. Like, Levar Ball is involved in their kid's life. It's like, yeah, he was 15 years old. Why would he not be involved? He needs a legal guardian. Maybe too involved to like That's... send him to Lithuania, but still, you know, he got two, he got two guys. <laughs> he got two kids who were both uh, top three picks in the NBA. So
1: Leangelo was on a roster for like an afternoon. So he was on the
0: Pistons, which
1: you know. Could they have used him? Could they have needed one fewer center on this team? Do you
0: do you think Dwayne Casey do you think Dwayne Casey compared him to Pascal Siakam or OG or, or, or Dirk Nowitzki. Or, or or Gary Payton, actually. Um probably all of the above.
1: I think he's like, you know, this guy's a cross of Pascal, Gary Payton. OG <laughs> Dwayne Casey, did he get did he get the extension? Like they he, just he did, he did. He got
0: like a one salute. extra year or whatever. Salute yeah, so no, salute man. to him, man. Listen, that record does not matter. He's had one of the worst situations to deal with. I mean, Andrew Drummond and Blake Griffin were his go-to players as recently as, like, two years ago. So. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Um, next question from Mark. How many games would the Lakers have won if they included future Six Man of the Year candidate Tim Horton Tucker? Oh. In that trade for for Kyle Harris.
1: How many more games would they have won
0: if they had swapped? The regular,
1: out. The, the Lakers' regular season record does, didn't matter. No, no, like, I, I think it would probably means the playoffs. I they would think. have won this series if they had Kyle. Le- well, maybe, maybe not. Like Anthony Davis is their best player, and he is. It's he's in bad shape, and I feel bad for him because he's always been banged up. And I would like him to be great because I think he's unbelievably talented, mm. and. Um, it sucks. Like I, I really am hoping that Anthony Davis is able to have a really healthy season next year. I'm not sure Kyrie fixes it makes them more resilient. Like Dennis Schroeder was not great. Yeah. Um but Anthony Davis was their most important player and he was did he stretch? Like what is the deal with Anthony Davis? <laughs> Does he stretch? <laughs> like everything's he should pulled stretch, Absolutely. Man. Everything's pulled. You ever see those um like Videos on Instagram or TikTok where, like, a barbecue pit master will pull out a pork shoulder and take a knife and go, oh, no, 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 and then squish it with his hands. That's every ligament on this man's body. Like, I, I, Anthony Davis, I I don't know. Like, LeBron James spends a million dollars a year and has been fairly durable for such a long time. Ask him for a referral. Say, do you know somebody who knows somebody who can help me with my hip, my knees, my ankle, my shoulder? It's just, it's out of control. Like, Anthony Davis. Oh, my God. You are too talented to make too much damn money to be injured all the time. Figure mm-hmm. it out, because. Yeah. You're, like, even the, like, it's not even a fit. It's like a fan of just seeing, success, like, talented people succeed. Because he's yeah. unbelievably talented.
0: He? I agree. I agree. I, I love this rant. This is great. Um, the the image <laughs> of, uh, yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. You really just called this man a brisket. <laughs> Um Yeah, I mean, how many games... I think the Lakers probably would have won this series with Kyle. I think it's the, the reason why the Lakers were really hesitant with this. It's not necessarily just because of THT, I think. I think it was the overall depth that they were losing. They were losing three guys that were in the rotation. Now, granted, one thing that would have been huge in this series was not to be overlooked. Dennis Schroeder had a Eric Bledsoe-esque <laughs> impact. Yeah. Okay, Um it was not good from him. So if you replace him with Kyle, that is not just you're you're not just getting Kyle Lowry. It will be similar to the Drew Holiday over uh, Eric Bledsoe situation in Milwaukee. Is that you're also removing a negative? Dennis was not good in this playoffs period. Um, he had some nice moments, but like overall not good. Um, and you're losing KCP, which I thought KCP was actually pretty important. And KCP is an important part for this for the. Uh, for the, the, the Lakers. Yeah. I thought he was like their third best player last year throughout the playoff run, which obviously one and two are so far ahead of three, but like, yeah, I still think he was very important. No, but.
1: he was awesome. He
0: deserves. Yeah. And he was banged he, up too. So, he, yeah. you know, salute to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, this Lakers team, they do, to me, in my mind, get like, maybe I'm just being a LeBron stand, but I do think that they get the like, um, you, they played a lot of basketball in a counter year, like a, a tremendous amount of basketball, and mm-hmm. it pay, it showed. Like, yeah, yeah. they LeBron were worn down. James, yeah, they were just worn down, and they their guys weren't there when the games mattered. And they played a team of young guys who were
0: about that action. It's, just, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. All right, we have. Uh... Six more questions. We're going to go through them a little quicker. Right. Um, Derek Andrews asks, have you seen a difference in the TV production of the national games uh, in these playoffs versus previous years? So many jarring close-up angles of players, fake crowd noise over actual crowds, blurring, uh, by the way, that's actually the, the Clippers logo or the Clippers slogan, fake crowd noise over actual crowds, uh, <laughs> blurring of backgrounds, etc. <laughs> Is this a possible after effect of 14 months of bubble basketball? Um, there's been some doctrine. I think yeah. the 8K cameras, so what they've really done with that is like giving you a really really focused look. To be honest, it feels like you're in like a you're in a lucid dream, <laughs> like that's how close it is. So you're like, am I sure I'm not dreaming? But the fringes yeah. are blurred, so that is kind of an odd shot because normally you, yeah. you see a more flat image. Um, obviously, there, there's some fake noise because you can't have as many crowds. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the TV side is in a very tough spot. So I do feel bad for them. Some of the guys are still doing. Um, the, some of the broadcasters are still. Uh, doing it remotely i believe so that's also kind of awkward um so it, it's a it's a lot of uh, i don't know it, it's it's a lot of negotiating going on um, i do miss seeing all the players sit together in a bench though yeah i wonder if that will be back next season it seems i hope so because it's just like yeah they look like they're sitting in a plane right now with like the seats all scattered yeah, like yeah it, yeah having
1: guys along the baseline is weird like it just doesn't it looks like like clay thompson because he was always in street clothes he just looked like a really rich guy who had great seats and the guys (laughs) were like friendly he looked like a super fan he was yeah he he is
0: (laughs) i don't don't hate it
1: i think it's it's not what it it, what's what it used to be it's not it's not what it will be Mm. it's better than last year last year's broadcast i didn't like at all i hated that stupid rail camera like who, how, how oh, yeah, does anybody yeah. watch basketball that way? Yeah, I think the choices they're making are a product of their environment, but yeah. don't hate it.
0: Yeah. I, one thing I do miss is um, the, the shot when a guy's shooting an important free throw, let's say um, Giannis is shooting a free throw at Scotiabank and everybody in Scotiabank arena is screaming and yelling at them. And they show that shot from the baseline where they, the opposite baseline, where they zoom in all the way across so you can sort of see Giannis shooting, but you also see what Giannis sees in front of him. I like that mm-hmm. image and that doesn't really exist anymore. Cause then, then you can get a yeah. really big sense of the pressure, the amount of like, you know, reactions from the fans and everything like that, the energy, um, that part is missing, but. All those
1: inflatable clappers.
0: Yeah. I, I don't miss those, man. I, I Yeah. Those things are very loud, but yeah, that's r- right next to the boozele for um, most <laughs> annoying things you see at a game. Um, Except for that, uh, well, actually, third, uh, the 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 Peyton Pritchard Celtics fan is uh is number one on my <laughs> list. He's uh he's a uh, yeah. He should be his face should be on all the arenas. Like if you see this man, like he stole something. Um, anyway, uh, next question from the creative one. So, what are we trading for Dame when he requests a trade this summer? I mean, who's not who's off the table? Uh, Pascal OG.
1: Nobody. No. Nah. Yeah, like not.
0: Nobody. Yeah, it's,
1: it's but Damian I mean, Lillard, he's not coming. Is, here though, but yeah. yeah, he wouldn't. But I, I'm sad to see Dame leave Portland. It just seems sad to see it not. It didn't fail because of Dame Lillard. That's abundantly true. And it, it failed. This team is done. Terry Stotts mm. is, you know, looking at U-Haul rates right now. Danny Ainge and Austin a- Austin Ainge is going to be their next head coach.
0: <laughs> Austin Ainge,
1: um, yeah, it's just, it's over. It's but they, um, I hope that I hope that Dan's able to. If he's in Portland with a you know revamped cast or elsewhere, I hope that he's happy and successful. And he is without a doubt the second best point guard of the generation,
0: and he's not done yet. Well. Okay, how, how would you rank between him, Steph? Steph is number one. Uh, I don't even yeah. you don't even want to hear an argument. I don't tell people are like, well, Dame is just as good as Steph. Uh, Steph had a better supporting cast. Literally every single time they played each other in the playoffs, like Steph, Steph Lebron yeah. told them, Steph Lebron told <laughs> Steph the uh, Dame Lillard for, for multiple it's years. Um, and and Westbrook. W- would you say Dame? I think ahead I of ha-
1: I think I have Dame ahead of Westbrook.
0: Okay, only because... Westbrook does have the MVP and the triple double thing. He, dame is more skilled
1: and could yeah, be okay. the number one option on a team that could win i don't know if that's true for russell westbrook and i'm of, i believe what i don't i i think he is third i think he is right there and i don't mm. i think that there's a a a gap after that um oh, again, say, ahead of like a,
0: a kyle lowry's in there um i those kind you know, i mean is i is i would top even, five then is he five in that list yeah, he can't be well, lower yeah. than that. He's one more than almost all yeah, these guys. He's, I think he would be. Yeah, it'd be like
1: Kyrie, then Lowry, then.
0: Then I don't know, to be honest. Then I don't off. then it
1: then it is it starts to get weird. But Kyle Lowry gets that fox spot because he isn't as talented as those guys. He's just Kyle Lowry. Like he yeah. has all the Kyrie Lowry stuff, which gets you. He's like Kyle Lowry isn't more talented than Michael Conley, but Michael Conley probably doesn't crack this top ten. But Kyle Lowry's that dude, so he gets to be a top point guard of this generation.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I could even hear an argument of Kyle over some of these guys. I'm not gonna lie to you because he has a ring, as well. Don't forget. Okay, only only the guys with rings are Steph, Kyrie, and Kyle. All right, Dame and yeah. Westbrook do not. Dame has gone to the conference finals once, I think. And uh, did not yeah. go well for him. He got swept by a team who Kyle Lowry then went on to beat. So, <laughs> you know, um, and Westbrook, honestly, as much as I respect Westbrook, like, you know, if if, if you got to bring up a Westbrook versus Dame argument, you have to bring up the fact that Dame literally hit the shot and then waves goodbye at, at the OKC team <laughs> and destroyed that whole club. Like, OKC, it looks like I, how many players I have left over from that club? Honestly, like, I, not a single I don't think maybe. anybody. <laughs> like, may, maybe one. Maybe
1: the rookies who were, you know, not like – which were who, though? Like, they even they got better, like, rid of, like I had, Diallo like, and I all these other guys. Like, Lou I Dort wasn't – when was Lou Dort drafted? He was He went undrafted. Not, he, was, he, he went he, undrafted. He, so, when did he – like, what was his first year with the organization? It was last year?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Then maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe there's nobody there. Maybe it's just like Sam Preston said, I have to get rid of everyone. Bro,
0: Billy Donovan's gone. Westbrook's gone. Mello's gone. Nick Collison's gone. <laughs> gone. Yeah, he, he was gone. Steven Adams is gone. <laughs> I yeah. don't no, have anybody left, man. Mike gone. I don't even know, to be honest. I don't even think he was on that team. Anyway, uh, next question <coughs> we have from uh, Mo the Beast. Um, do the Raptors trade the number one or eight pick for a more experienced player like Beal to add to the current core? Um, yes,
1: if Bradley Beal wants to come for Toronto and the Wizards accept a package headlined by a draft pick, yeah, you do it, yes. Yeah. It's not. A, it's not. This is fantasy. We All could right. draft pick plus OG. You doing that? <laughs> uh, it's with Bradley Beal is signed for term, right? Yeah, he signed. Yeah, probably. Mm. Doesn't he have like another two full years? I mean, he, me, signed just e- e- he signed like last. He signed like a one extension he- or something like that. Which you know, I mean, most players are. Oh, if he's not, if you don't have term, if you have term for Beal, probably. But if you don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beal is under contract next season, guaranteed, and then a uh, player option uh, later on. Yeah, that's so, tough. Yeah, that's tough. I'm probably not going to say do that, but just a lottery pick yeah, for I, one not, year. Of Beal, yes, of course.
1: Yeah, the lottery pick for one year. Of Beal, yes, I, no problem. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, next question from Ramon. Uh, do you have a WNBA team? Which one has the strongest amount of Canadian content for Raptors fans to root for? um i do kia not have euro what's that kia nurse with the euro step game winner um, oh man
1: Tuesday, incredible Monday night. shot incredible stuff
0: yeah um i mean honestly there's a couple of good teams to to really watch out for i think honestly las vegas has been really fun this year yeah. to, to watch uh i mean they've been a good team the last few years anyway but between asia wilson you know liz cambage chelsea gray like that's 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 pretty good that's pretty fun to watch um i don't i think a lot of people are hopping on the liberty bandwagon this year as well um, because they drafted uh, Sabrina on Esu, yeah. and she's like she's incredible for for a rookie, especially. But yep. just overall, so I mean, I wouldn't necessarily just pick based on um, just based on the Canadian talent alone. I think like that's one of the nice things. with if you because the because unfortunately there is no WNBA team in Canada, like you're kind of free to pick whatever you want, and you know there's there's some pretty good teams out there. You know, like Seattle's really fun to watch as well. Um you know, obviously the Mercury. So I will I would
1: I feel like next week there's a Liberty Mercury game. That I feel like that'll be a pretty entertaining match. Yeah, I mean I've watched a lot of Liberty. They fortunately play at like six PM a lot, so it's yeah on at a good time. Like I
0: I like I, that it's on TV a lot more. Yeah. Like you yeah. can actually watch the product and then yeah. you realize that like it's great basketball. Like it's good, football, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Kea Nurse, though, man. Shout out. Yeah. That was yeah. unbelievable. That was, the euro it's no, that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Ah that's crazy. Yeah. Um all right, next question. Uh from the Jack Armstrong burner account. I gotta say, better from from, from my money, better than the uh Aaron Baines fan account of you know, I think. I've I've enjoyed seeing uh, various (laughs) screenshots of Jack in my, in my mentions. Anyway, he, he, this person asks uh, who should represent the Raptors at the lottery, Jalen Harris or Bobby Webster. To me, this answer is very obvious. So I want to hear from you, Josh Raptors obviously need to send a representative to New York city for the lottery in June, uh, later this month, who are the Raptors sending? Um,
1: I don't think it's going to be Bobby Webster. Um, I think it, I don't know. Can like, can can Messiah's son do the job? Why not, right? You see, uh, <laughs> can Ding Ding do it? <laughs> we gotta <it> send <laughs> Ding Ding.
0: <laughs> oh man! Shout uh, out Ding Ding, by the way. Ding Ding is like a top five Chinese nickname. Like, there's so many Ding Dings. So, I like to just imagine that uh, Messiah's Chinese son, which obviously he doesn't, but um. No, my the the answer I took here was very obvious, man. You got to put Fred, Mister Bet on yourself. He's got to put, that put on yourself. is. He's got to on his good. merch with the dice, with the money. You know, of, of course, Fred is not going to turn down opportunity to showcase the gear. You know, the he's business in Cartier frames,
1: diamonds everywhere.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, but by, by the way, this year after Fred got the extension or got the new contract, his his swag went up <laughs> another level. He went. He wore only like yeah. FB gear for a while. He, he, he leveled up this year, absolutely. Um, Facts. But no, you got to send Fred, man. I think Fred will be great for it. I mean, last year, last time uh, the, the Raptors had the lottery pick, obviously it was on behalf of the Knicks uh, from the uh, the uh, Bargnani trade, which later became Yaku yeah. Perto, which went into the Kawhi trade. Um, you know, they had Masai there and whatever. But yeah, I mean, send Fred. If Fred wants to do something.
1: Actually, I, it might be Wayne Embry.
0: I wouldn't be that surprised if they sent Wayne Ooh, I like that one as well. But, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's... that's pretty fun. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question comes from Alex, who unfortunately has put me on the spot and asks, who are your <laughs> top five favorite Montreal Canadiens players of all time? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's see if I can name five players, period. Um,
1: Patrick was is the only guy Patrick that Wah. I – Patrick Waugh? Yeah.
0: Uh, Rocket Richard, right? <laughs> you better than the, me. The hockey sweater or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um. Uh, oh, PK Subban. No, Carl Rex does find us. Exactly. Yep. Hmm. Carey Price. He. Uh, yep. Was He's... the number one reason in, in the, the least losing. Yep. So that's five. That's four already. That's pretty good. And. Uh... Oh, uh, Max Domi, right? He's but he, I thought he moved on. He's like in Phoenix. Well, yeah, he did play there. But he so, yeah, pl- Max he played there yeah. at some point. There, there you know, we go. We got here? to five. We got to five. There we go. Shout out Nick Suzuki. All right. I was like, is he Asian? He probably is Asian.
1: That sounds. It's a, yeah, Asians have a Asian last name.
0: Yeah. Um. This is tough, man. Brendan Gallagher. Weber Ooh, plays in there. Weber plays there now. Okay. Shea Weber.
1: Oh, Shea Weber. Uh-huh.
0: And um. Oh, Chris Chelios.
1: Because that's a good name. That's a good name. Wait, did he name. play? I thought he was on did the Red Yeah, Williams I think he played I think he
0: played for them for some time. Okay. All right. Here here's a, here's one that people will not expect from me in this in this opportunity. I didn't expect it for myself. Max Pacioretty. Who is <laughs> uh, just, just <laughs> Could be anything, throwing names out there, all right. Uh, yeah, that's you know, uh,
1: my main man,
0: uh, George Harvey, <laughs> uh, Alex Yalchenyuk was on there as well. I think he's on the lease now, but yeah, no, this is for this is pretty good. I'm surprised. I think we got to 10 collectively, so this is this is not bad, Alex. Okay, so, pick five of those guys, you know, PK near the top, and that's that's where I am. By the way, the only reason I have a PK Superman jersey, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> very on brand but i was at svp <laughs> one random day and they had uh jerseys on sale for 20 bucks and they had a, a pkc bed jersey for 20 bucks and i'm like yo i understand i don't like to wear the you know the habs jersey or whatever although it is kind of an iconic jersey if you're not gonna, you're gonna be honest about it but like i was like 20 bucks for this i can't turn this down i can't turn on a good svp deal so that's the actual reason why i have a uh, a hab sweater but um That brings us mostly to time. But before we go, Josh, we got to obviously give a suggestion. I'm not even sure if we can still do Stanley suggestions. uh, I mean,
1: I don't know if he'll be back with the team. But I'll be quick to ask. This week, like many weeks this year, there will be major roadways in Toronto closed for uh, people to – for TO to get outside in a a socially distant way. I will be taking advantage of it. It is the most fun thing to do um probably until the world reopens so i recommend it full heartedly and if you don't live in the gta sorry but i don't know go for a bike ride like it's been absolutely it's been awesome the winter you know i think the like last covid winter was a bit weird because you were like it was intense so Mm -hmm. when you got outside it felt okay um the winter for me was really tough it was just long time inside watching a not so good raptors team um so i really appreciated being uh able to get outside we played uh, uh we were both on the same soccer pitch last week it's great yeah. like it's just nice that things are trying to get normal and you can go outside so if you're in Toronto ActiveTO if you're not yeah um hopefully there's like a nice bike path where you live where you can get outside and enjoy the fresh air
0: yeah the only thing I will say is if you're going to go to ActiveTO just uh plan in advance where you're going to park because you, you can't normally park along the lakeshore like you can um yeah when it's when it's not open but uh but yeah, I mean, no, it's it's awesome, man. People like skating, uh, skateboarding, people riding bikes, walking around, running, playing sports. It's great, honestly. The, the Toronto waterfront is 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 incredible. Um, I'm gonna go with um, Mahas. That's my. I guess these are Malachi missions. So we're we're, going, we're we're Malachi missions until Stanley resigns or or leaves or whatever. But yeah, Mahas um, on the East End for brunch, Egyptian food. It's uh, it's really great. They got a great menu. It's very reasonably priced, and um, it's a good reason to go out to the East End. Where, it's uh, terrific where I might have to be in, in the future. So, uh, that does it for the podcast for now. Uh, Josh appreciate you as always probably, uh, of course. what do you want to do? get together next Friday again to, uh, to do more of this. Sounds good. All right. So if you have questions, uh, DM me or Josh, um, at not Joshua Hart, not Josh Hart, not at not Josh Hart. And, um, yeah, let us know, but we'll probably put out a call for questions next Friday and, uh, We'll see you then. So, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.
1: Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues